Welcome to the Dragon's Library, a podcast where I, the Dragon, talk about all the media I enjoy, past and present. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Hello everyone, welcome back. This is the Dragon's Library. Today we'll be discussing a movie, Godzilla vs. Kong, that came out recently. On Friday we'll be discussing a book. Uh, it's called A Natural History of Dragons, a memoir by Lady Trent, and it's by Marie Benin. Uh, it's going to be a really fun book, and I look forward to seeing you all there. Now, um, today, we have Godzilla vs. Kong, the rematch of the century. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It's, this movie was so much fun. Like, alright, let's put it away. Don't go here if you're looking for, like, the deep metaphor and stuff like that they tried to do in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. That movie was great. Probably one of the best Godzilla movies I've ever seen. But it's also very mired in its, God, uh, you know, kaiju as climate disasters metaphors. Um, Godzilla vs. Kong is not there for that. We're, we're here for giant, wrestle, giant monster wrestling, basically. So, while a lot of fun, it's not as deep as Godzilla King of the Monsters. Which isn't a negative, in my opinion. Not every movie has to be deep. Not every movie has to have such a deep, abiding message. Uh, it's fun just to have fun movies, and that's what this movie is, in my opinion. It's just a fun, uh, giant monster fight, stretched over two hours. Yay. <laughs> uh, they did a lot better job with bouncing the human stuff in this one, and they had some really inventive and cool shots, especially when they go to the, uh, Hollow Earth. Uh, spoiler, they're going to Hollow Earth. Don't, that's not really a spoiler, they start talking about it literally in the first few minutes of the movie, but you'll be going to the... It, Hollow Earth is like a, it's a discredited theory in our world, but in the Godzilla universe it's real. It's basically the idea that there are uh, small self-contained ecosystems under the Earth's crust. Sort of like a inner world thing. Uh, you've seen things like this in uh, How to Train a Dragon the Hidden World, you saw it in the Journey to the Center of the Earth franchise, things like that. And they even touched on it in the last Godzilla movie. Anyway, um, although it starts with Godzilla versus Kong, this is really a Kong movie. The main thrust of the plot is trying to get Kong to, to Hollow Earth. Uh, one of these disgraced uh, monarch scientists had failed... His brother had failed to lead an expedition to Hollow Earth and got everyone killed. So Monarch stopped trying to reach it. Uh, they managed to access some of the outer sections of, uh, of Hollow Earth, but they never get able to get into the inner passages. So this company, Apex Cybernetics, offers to uh, pay for an expedition, and they believe they have the tools necessary to finally get to the inner world, the uh, hollow world, hollow earth area. So they hire him to and get him to convince the scientist in charge of the monarch facility hosting Kong, whose island was ravaged by King Ghidorah's storms, to help them out in exchange they'll bring Kong to hollow earth so he can have a new home. Um, the crux of the movie is about Kong, his relationship with a small survivor of the native population of the island, and the major scientists. There's also a subplot with, um, Godzilla's been, see, Godzilla's been attacking major cities, uh, owned by Apex Cybernetics, and you can probably already figure out they're doing something evil, because obviously they're a giant corporation in a science fiction movie, I mean, what else are they gonna do other than play the bad guys? <laughs> uh, we really need to, might need to tone that down a bit, I mean... Fair, but, you know, might need to tone it down just a bit. It's getting a bit ridiculous. Every, every villain's always, always the massive corporation every time. Like, don't be wrong. Fair. Very fair, but still, be a bit obvious. Um, anyway, so Apex is obviously doing some evil stuff. And so you have the protagonist for the last movie, the kid that plays Eleven in Stranger Things. 
Uh, yeah, she's basically just trying to figure out, and they go to this conspiracy podcast guy who's been working at Apex and was there gone during Godzilla's last tech in their other facility. Um, and so he found this piece of technology and these orders labeled for shipping. They've been shipping a lot of stuff overseas to China because um, every movie has to be set in China now because massive market thing. But I don't, I don't want to talk about that. Let's just let's just stop immediately. So anyway, they they have a little side plot where they get you know find out what's going on, end up going to the China facility, they're there, uh, and they help out stopping Mechagodzilla. Because Mechagodzilla is a big villain. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Mechagodzilla is in the movie because they need a villain. Uh, actually, it's really cool the way they have it set up, too. They basically have two skulls of King Ghidorah after he was killed. They managed to get hold two of his skulls. And apparently the heads connect, uh, had a telepathic connection. So, they put one skull in the robot as, like, a central processing unit, and the other is hooked up to, like, a VR system, so the pilot can literally psychically link up with the robot. It's a really, really cool, completely bullshit sci-fi explanation that I love. Like, it's the kind of weird sci-fi thing, like, and they get up there and they start talking about neural pathways, and it's like, it's a living supercomputer. I'm just like, oh, this is hilarious. Uh, but it, 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 is, it is a cool idea. Like, using a psychic link from two skulls from a deceased kaiju. It's like, that, that's pretty cool. Um, Mechagodzilla also looks amazing, too. He has this very, like, modular... Like, his claws are, like, four-fingered, and they have two on the top, two on the bottom, and it's like a four... It's like a... It's literally like a crane claw kind of thing that shifts and moves. Uh, it feels very artificial, which I love. Um, he doesn't just feel like, like, a, like a statue that can move. He feels like... Like a modern robot, really. Um, and there's this huge, hilarious scene when the uh, side characters are in there and they're like, it's a robot Godzilla. And then the, then the random best friend character who they, they literally don't be brought along because he has a car, uh, is like, no, it's Mecha Godzilla. And I'm like, oh, they're just pulling that out of nowhere. Uh, I don't care. I don't care. I love that they include the name. You, like, no one has any reason to call it that. <laughs> Like, we have a shoveling name in there somewhere. This is how we shove it in there. The character just decides the mecha instead of a robot. I'm like, alright, fine, what else? Uh, as long as we can hear Mecha Godzilla being called Mecha Godzilla, I'm fine with it. So, uh, there are two major fights between Godzilla and Kong in this series. Uh, in this movie, I'm sorry. So, you have the first fight, which is they're trying to transport Kong across the sea. And Godzilla decides to attack them because he senses another kaiju breaching his territory. So, there's this really cool scene that looks like something ripped out of Neon Genesis Evangelion, where Kong's like jumping across ships to go to go fight Godzilla, and Godzilla's trying to drag him underwater and like suffocate him. Uh, Godzilla ends up winning, but the humans use depth charges to stun and sort of disorient Godzilla enough so that Kong can come on the ship. Then they turn everything off so it looks like they died, so that uh, Godzilla will leave them alone and just assume he's won. After that, they manage to get Kong into the hidden world. We see some uh, cool fights between him and a, a pair of, like, winged serpent God, uh, kaiju. Uh, one of those, really, they have a really cool design, too. They, like, constrict their prey, and then they use their wings to kind of smother, try and smother them while they're, while they're constricting, which is honestly a pretty cool and almost realistic way that I could see uh, like a serpent that adapted wings would use them in its uh, attempts to capture prey, which you know it makes a lo it makes logical sense and it's just a cool idea. 
Hollow Earth, in general, has a lot of really cool shots as well. Um, really just amazing shots. They have... Cause, see, the whole thing is like a hollow Earth. So it's, you know, it's not like an open sky. But there's, you know, lava and glowing rocks that act as sort of, you know, artificial natural light. Artificial slash natural-ish light. Um, but the hollow Earth isn't just one, a bottom and a top. See, both side, both the top, the ceiling and the ground have their own gravity, and the things that get caught in the middle of their gravity float around sort of like an asteroid belt. The slightest movement can cause them to go touch the gravity of whatever side they're, where they get pushed towards. So you have, like, mountains and trees on both ends. So it's like, when you're looking to the horizon, you're seeing these mountains and trees both in the distance and on the ceiling in the distance. It's really cool. Uh, there's this whole moment where Kong gets on top of a mountain that's right next to another mountain on the ceiling and kind of jumps and falls onto the ceiling and the camera twists with him and it, oh, it, it looks really cool. So it's a very visual experience and I really like it. Um, then they find like the source of Kaiju, you know, the magic energy signature or whatever they were looking for uh, to help power Mechagodzilla because of course, you know, the reason we don't actually have Mechas, by the way, if you weren't aware, is because we are horrible at storing power and providing that power. So, no mechas until we get better batteries, kids. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's what's holding us back. It's not computers. It's literally just power. Uh, so that's the problem they're trying to solve with the kaiju energy source that uh, they use. Uh, Kong gets a cool battle axe that you might have seen in the trailers. Uh, fun fact, if you look at it closely, it's actually a dorsal fin, like one of those spines from uh, Godzilla. So it looks like when Kong and Godzilla get the whole thing that they have an ancient rivalry, though they don't really bring it up as much as I thought they would. Um, but apparently it's from a dead member of Godzilla's species. So uh, it starts lighting up and it absorbs energy from its blasts and stuff like that. Uh, so Godzilla calls Kong out of the underworld by, you know, blasting a hole down the hollow earth from China, from a Chinese city, uh, which was just awesome. Godzilla just pissed. He's like, I'm coming for you. Uh, oh, sorry, I just, this movie isn't really that deep, it's just a connection of, like, two or three fights, uh, stretched together with some basic human padding, and I'm like, you know what, that's all I want from my Godzilla movie. Uh, anyway, he and Kong had their big fight, Godzilla ends up beating him, and dislocating Kong's arm and anything like that, and then he goes to deal with the real problem, Apex Cybernetics. Only their Mecha Godzilla has gone out of control and killed the pilot! The overload feedback, and now it's on a mind of its own. Uh, and so, <laughs> oh god, what it was that voice? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so they have this big fight, and Godzilla can't beat Mechagodzilla on his own, so Kong has to be convinced by the humans to help out his old rival, and they beat Mechagodzilla, and the fight is awesome. Oh, it's so awesome. Uh, actually, there was this really cool thing before Kong helped him out. Mechagodzilla was about to kill Godzilla the same way he killed the Mutos in the first movie. You know, by holding his jaw open and then blasting his uh, energy blast down his throat. I was like, oh, so it's it's literally acting like a kaiju would, uh, which I thought was really cool. Anyway, after that, uh, Godzilla goes back to ignoring humanity because they're not trying to be alphas anymore. And Kong gets transported to a new home in Hollow Earth. And he gets to, you know, enjoy his days in a place that has no actual sky. <laughs> uh, but he somehow feels freer. Um, and that's basically the movie. That's all there really is to it. It's a lot of fun. would highly recommend it to any of you who are looking for just a 
good night out or even just a good night in. It's on HBO Max or in any theater near you. Make sure if you go to a theater, you only go if you feel safe. Um, don't try and go if there are a large crowd. Make sure you wear your mask. Make sure you, you know, stay safe. We're almost through this pandemic, and it'd be good if we can just all, yeah, do what we can to not help spread this anymore than it already is. But uh, if you don't feel safe going out, you can always watch it in HBO Max. Just grab free trial and then immediately disable it. Do not let them hook you. Disable the free trial unless you actually want HBO Max. Uh, and then just watch the movie. It's a lot of fun, and I would highly recommend it. Yeah, and that's about it. All right, guys. Well, on Friday, I'll be doing a review of A Natural History of Dragons by Marie Benin. Uh, it's a really cool book I found recently, and I've been listening to an audio version on my phone. So, yeah. See you guys on Friday.